people are open to the message of the gospel. I'm not talking about easy believism. Oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, these are people who come from darkness and they appreciate the light. They are ready to live and die for Jesus. And this is thanks to the work that today's guest is doing. We're joined today by Dr. Hormos Shariat. He is the president and founder of Iran Alive Ministries. They utilize satellite TV to broadcast Christian programming to millions of people in Iran and in the Middle East. Now, Hormos wasn't always Christian. He was a devout Muslim. How did that all change for him? And why is he so passionate to spread the word in the Middle East? He'll share that with us today on Connections. The founder of Iran Alive Ministries joins us today. His name is Dr. Hermoz Shariat. Uh, so, Mr. Shariat, uh, could you tell us, first of all, how you came to be involved in ministering to people in Iran and how you've come to know Jesus in your own life? Well, I was born in Iran as a Muslim. I was pretty devout in my early years, but then uh, I questioned Islam said, uh, what is this? It doesn't add anything to my life, but I want to know God. So I read Quran very carefully one more time. It didn't fulfill my heart with the presence of God or peace. So I said, uh, I'm an open-minded. I was a research scientist. Uh, I have a PhD in AI. So I was doing research for to find God, compared the Bible and compared Quran. And I realized not all religions are the same. After a few months of study, I realized these both cannot be true. I went to a church, heard the simple message of the gospel that changed my life. What was that like for you to make that change? It was dramatic. Uh, uh, It was at the beginning of the Iranian revolution. So it was hard because I knew the power of the gospel in my life. I knew it's going to change lives, heal marriages. It healed mine. It can change nations. But at that time, Iran was a devout, Iranians were a devout Muslim group. So I got a lot of persecution in the beginning years. And it, and people were saying, oh, you're a traitor. You're a traitor. Mm. You, um, you, you, you become westernized, become a Christian. But gradually, the Lord opened the hearts of Iranians. And that's what I want to talk about. What's happening in Iran, you see on the streets of Iran, it's not just an overnight thing. It's, it took Iranians 40 years to come to this conclusion that Islam is not the answer. It is our problem. So I got saved. I got excited. I said, this thing is powerful and I'm selfish to keep it to myself. I started sharing the gospel. Very few converts in the beginning, but it grew and grew. Planted churches in Northern California. Right after September 11, I said, that's not enough. If we don't go out there with the love of Christ, they will come here just like September 11. We got to do something. So we bought one hour a week of satellite time to broadcast into the Middle East. And from day one, we saw so many Iranian Muslims have come to Christ. And so we have been on the air for over 20 years. But let me tell you this. What is happening the last two years is more than the previous 18 years. Mm -hmm. The number of salvations, 10 to 20 times more. And now with what's happening on the streets of Tehran, we will see a regime change. We will see a a historical turn in Iran. Um, I want to share some shocking statements if you want me to. Yes, please go ahead. Oh, yeah. 
the number one shocking statement that Iran is no longer an Islamic nation. I used to say that, people say, how do you get that? I, I said, I, it's my feeling, but now there's numbers. There has been research, recent research that has shown less than one third of Iranians believe in Islam. So it's an open heaven. The message of the gospel is going forth. Another shocking statement, Iran will be a Christian nation. You say, what? what are you talking about? Where did you get that idea? I say, I stole it. I stole it from <laughs> the Lord in Jeremiah 49, 38. The Lord says, I will set my throne in Elam, which is today's land of Iran. So, and it is happening. History is in the making today. Millions of Iranians have rejected Islam, the majority, and they're open to the message of the gospel. Doesn't mean they automatically become Christians, but they're very open. That's why we see such a high conversion rate in Iran. Another history-making event. Iran is the first country where women are leading the revolution. Hmm. Women are oppressed in Islam. As you know, the law, the Sharia law, has, doesn't give the women any rights. So it's not surprising that Jesus gives grace to the oppressed. So this is the first time in history that women and that for that Islamic women are rising up and leading a revolution. If there is a revolution happening in Iran today led by women. Tell us a little bit about that revolution. I'm sure people have heard bits here and there on the radio or seen headlines on social media. Uh, but explain to us what's going on and what are you thinking as you watch it all unfold? Well, this happened uh, gradually, the rejection of Islam. Uh, Islam was unmasked. It took him 40 years to come to this point. It's not an overnight emotional thing happening in Iran. Uh, it's a deliberate um, decision to reject the government of Iran, which is an Islamic government. And it's not just a rejection of the Islamic government, it's a rejection of Islam itself. So the, over the years, they saw the hypocrisy of these mullahs, the brutality of these mullahs, how easy they kill their uh, people who even criticize them. So over the years, the, some people... Uh, demonstrated or protested, the answer of the, go the government was to suppress them, kill some, arrest some. So over the years, different people groups, you can, even the farmers a couple of years ago, the people in universities, the teachers, the retirees, every people group in the last few years, when they protested, they were arrested and killed. So they're all suppressed. Now, See what, how God is doing. About a month ago, a young woman called Mahsa was arrested because some of her sh hair was showing too much. And when she was under custody, she died. They beat her up and she died. That triggered this revolution that's going on today. Every people group joined that because it's, it wasn't uh, me or you. It was a woman. It was like our daughter. It's like a daughter of the nation was killed. So the whole nation has united from young, old, from different people groups and uh, education. 
background, they all have been united to topple this government. Of course, the government of Iran doesn't give up that easy. That's why you see uh, for over a month now demonstrations and killings on the streets, and it's going on even today. What were your thoughts and what was going through your mind when all of this started happening and, and you, you've seen what has or what is still happening? When this happens, I, I am very concerned because I know at the end result that Iran will turn to Christ and it's already turning to Christ. But my big concern is this. Are we ready? Is the church ready? Hmm. The history has shown that Nations become open to the gospel. The opportunities come and go, and the Christian church does not take advantage of it. You can see what happened to uh, in uh, Soviet Union and open doors for a year, and then it closed. You can uh, look at Japan after the World War II. So there is a historical moment that we need to be active, and that's my concern. Are we, the church, ready to make history? And my challenge to your viewers and listeners is this. Are you ready? Do you want to be a part of history? That's why I want to encourage you to join us. This is the time to make history in Iran. Iran is ready, but don't fall asleep. People are open to the message of the gospel. I'm not talking about easy believism. Oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, these are people who come from darkness and they appreciate the light. They are ready to live and die for Jesus. You know, um, through our broadcast, we not just evangelize and many come to Christ. I think God has given me a grace to share the gospel, evangelize. And uh, some people call me Billy Graham of Iran. I don't, but because Iran <laughs> is so ready, anybody can be the Billy Graham of Iran. It just share the gospel. But we use media not as the end point, the starting point. We do um, leadership training. We plan churches. So let me share this story. I was training leaders. I cannot go to Iran, of course. So I bring leaders outside Iran into a third country. And that's where I trained them. So it was outside Iran, in Turkey. I was training these young men and women. Brave. So they were so hungry. They would ask questions. They wanted to. Uh, I had many teachers by 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. They were learning and they were they were not satisfied. They would just after 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. They were worshiping, worshiping, singing, making new songs. So it was at the end of a conference. They were going back the next day. And I saw them joyfully worshiping, worshiping for hours. Then I thought to myself, do they know that they could be arrested at the airport? Because if they have, the government has their name, that's where they get arrested. Do they know that they could be killed? How come they're so joyful, singing, dancing for the Lord? Maybe I didn't teach them well enough. So I interrupted them. I sat them down. I said, I have one more message. I talked to them about the reality of persecution, that this is in the Bible. It's a part of Christian life. And some of you may be called to give the highest price, maybe killed in this ministry. They respectfully listen to me for half hour. And you know what they said at the end? Pastor Hormoz, don't worry about us. We know what we got into. When we were Muslims, we were ready to die for Allah, who is a distant and cruel God. How much more we are ready to give our lives for Jehovah, who is an intimate and loving God. We know. And 
we want to live and die for Jesus if necessary. Now, Pastor Moses, you interrupted our Jesus party. Can we <laughs> go back and start worshiping and singing and dancing for Jesus? These are the type of people the Lord is bringing. These young people are brave. We need to support them. We need to train them. They will do the rest. Can you uh, tell us a little bit more about the prophecy in Jeremiah 49? I find this really interesting. I know the book of Jeremiah pretty well, but I don't think I ever realized that Elam is Iran. And uh, yeah, just tell us a little bit more about the prophecy and, and what excites you about that prophecy and what you're seeing now. Well, Jeremiah 49 verses 34 to the end of the chapter is about Elam. Elam is completely inside the land of Iran today. So it talks about a lot of suffering, uh, about war in the beginning. But then at the end of it, it says, I will remove the king and princess from Iran. I will set my throne in Elam. We know he will set his throne in Jerusalem. I mean, everybody knows that, but not many people know that he says, I will set my throne in Elam. And I will return its captives and I will prosper. Now, what's exciting is exciting to me is that I see that prophecy happening fast. Iran and Iranians are rejecting Islam, is accepting Jesus as their king in a large growing number. Did you know Iran has the fastest growing evangelical population in the world? I'm talking about the rate of conversion. And that's an Islamic nation. Iran will be the first Islamic nation that is turning to Christ even today. So when you see big international headlines that are kind of scary, there's revolution on the street. There's talk of Russia and Iran joining forces and things like that. It doesn't necessarily scare you because you're holding on to a view from a different biblical perspective, I guess. Uh, It doesn't scare me. It grieves me to see these young people being killed even daily uh, on street. But I have hope. And I, mm. I pass that hope to our viewers. By God's grace, we have the most watched Christian channel in Iran. Uh, we have, uh, according to an independent survey, we have over 6 million viewers who watch us daily and over 20 million who watch us weekly. And they trust us. So I... I grieve because of what's happening in Iran, but not as the one who doesn't have hope. I know all of these sufferings will end up in the Lord Jesus being the king of Iran. You write about all of this now in a book, Iran's Great Awakening. Tell us a little bit about this and why you've decided to put this book together. Yes, the Iran's Great Awakening, uh, it has three parts. First part is my spiritual journey. It's a story of my life and how God called me to uh, give my life to save one million, one million Muslims. I mean, that came from uh, the execution of my younger brother when he was a 16-year-old. He was arrested and uh, executed by the government of Iran. And I went through some crisis and how God called me to give my life into loving Muslims and to share the gospel. You can re- read that story. Uh, in the book. And the middle part is about prophecies. If you're interested in prophecies in the Bible, uh, you can read those parts. There is so much in the Bible about Iran, Persia, and Elam. Um, I've carefully studied those prophecies. 
And then the last part is a strategy. How do we transform Iran into a Christian nation? You just can't just say it. You have to have a plan. And we do have a plan. For example, we are right now in the middle of a 24-7 prayer meeting broadcast into Iran. We started yesterday and it's going to go up till noon. Last yesterday noon to today noon, 24-7 broadcast live prayer meeting. Hundreds of thousands of people are joining us for prayer. It's the largest prayer meeting ever happened in Iran. So these prayers, united prayer, is going to defeat the spirit of Islam, already doing that. It's going to bind and defeat Prince of Persia. We know that. Daniel 10, there is a Prince of Persia. And that Prince of Persia is being defeated. And Iranian captives are being set free. So, Things are happening. Even this 24-7 prayer, it's going to bring a new dimension of spiritual movement of God into Iran. You mentioned preparation earlier. How do we prepare, whether it be in Iran, in the U.S., in Canada? How do we all prepare for this? We have to prepare now. The problem would be if we just sit and then Iran opens up, then we wake up and say, what what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? It's going to be too late because the history has shown open windows don't last long, maybe a year, maybe two years. But uh, how to prepare is that's what we are doing. I have a plan. I've called it the return. We have detailed plans of what we need to do when Iran opens up first week, second week, first month, second month. But we cannot do it alone. I encourage you to pray. I encourage you to join us, support us. But also join us in discipling a nation. And you can go to our website, iranalive.org. Iranalive.org. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter to get updates on what's happening in Iran, history in the making. And also you get stories that will encourage you. I'm very curious. Um, You also plant underground churches. How do you do that? That's got to be challenging when with everything that is going on. I think, you know, God is creative and God is wise. All you need to do, set aside your own plans, your own thinking and ask God. So by his grace, I think we have learned how to use media, not just for evangelism, but church planting. It's not that complicated. You know, here are millions of Iranians who have come to Christ in Iran. No church, all building churches are closed. House churches are few and dangerous to attend. So we have a large church through media. Just imagine they're sitting there. They're loving us. They're trusting us. They consider me as their pastor. They trust me. So what we do, we have, we we show them. You know, the good thing about media, you don't have to tell them. You can show them. So we model a house church on our satellite television. This is how you do it. This is how you study the Bible. This is how you gather. This is how you worship. So we model it. They copy it. Have you ever run into any issues with any of this or any pushback? Of course. Of course, the government of Iran uh, considers us as their number one enemy. Mm -hmm. There are many other ministries the government of Iran is against, but for them, we are number one. I asked one of the judges, you know, high judges, a high judge in Iran came to Christ. By the way, because of media, we go over the heads of the mullahs. 
satellite television into people's homes. They cannot stop the signal. So when it goes to people's homes, all kinds of people come to Christ. So here is a judge, high court judge came to Christ. And I asked him, what does the government of Iran think about us? Well, how come they jam, try to jam us, number one? He said, well, there are other uh, satellite programs, but there are programs. But they know you have a plan and they're afraid of you. So by God's grace, not only we are popular in Iran, not only we have a large following in Iran, but by God's grace, we have a plan. We have a plan how to transform Iran. And many people are following us. And what government of Iran is afraid that they believe, maybe even more than we believe in ourselves, they believe that we can cause a movement in Iran. They can't jam satellite signals and they can't jam our prayers. What is like the number one thing that we should be praying for today? Uh, my number one prayer, um, emotionally, I pray for these young people um, that they will not suppress, that God will give them wisdom and that this new movement, they, it will not die down. The government wants to stop this movement by killing. That's the only thing they know. Violence. They have no other way. Just killing people, and they are doing it. That that's my emotional part. But the the strategical and the mental, logical God. Number one, give the right strategy, and most important, send help. Help help me, Lord. We are a small ministry for such a large nation. Lord, send the right people who can join the ministry. Uh, right people who can who will support us, right people who can help us um, teach these people. They're so hungry. Did you know number one request we get from the believers in Iran is this? Teach us the Bible, please. Mm-hmm. Teach us the Bible. So there is a hunger there even among Christians. So uh, that, those are burdens on my heart, and I appreciate your prayer on that. You mentioned it a little earlier, your website again for our listeners. How can they learn more and where can they find that website? Yes, it's easy. Iran Alive, one word, Iran, I-R-A-N-A-L-I-V, iranalive.org. There are stories there. There, um, You can sign up for email or newsletter, but don't forget to do it because you will be encouraged every month what God is doing. God is uh, turning a Christian, an Islamic nation to a Christian nation. It's history in the making. Great, his, great stories of the what God is doing through the young men and women in Iran. Did you know more than 50% of the people, of the leaders we train, about 60 and up, they are women. And we have a school, we have online school, we train leaders, but this, most of them are women who are so brave. They have nothing to lose. They are the most brave. They are, they are in the streets of Tehran and you see the demonstrations, it's men and women, but it was started by women. Thank you so much for sharing with us today and for joining us. Thank you so much, Colleen, Mike. I appreciate you. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. If you've got a story or a testimony that you'd like to share on our show, send us a message on our Facebook page, Connections with Mike Tom and Colleen Hood. We'd love to hear from you. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We'll talk to you again on Connections.